Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jan Roos, and I am super excited for our episode today with Elizabeth Stevenson, who's the managing partner of New Direction Family Law over in Raleigh, North Carolina. Elizabeth has been posting some absolutely jaw-dropping numbers as far as growth. Uh, she's a member of the, the law, well, honoree on the Law Firm 500 this year and also some years before. But in this last year, she has over tripled her law firm's total revenue, by so the specific number is 353%, which a lot of people would be happy with if that happened in a decade, but uh, this is <laughs> almost an every year occurrence for you. So we are super excited to dig in and see how, uh, you know, if there's anything that people can take from that story. So thanks, Elizabeth. Um, oh, sure. So I like to usually get started with kind of the, the, big, the big superhero origin story. So do you mind, you know, obviously some fantastic results have been happening lately, but what's kind of the story of how you got here? Oh, that's a long story. I... Graduated law school 20 years ago and joined with a solo practitioner and then had a baby and I was too stupid to know any better. So I just hung a shingle out um, and it sort of organically grew from there, but I never got really big. I never hit $250,000 and I didn't really try at it. And then my husband got sick in 2014. And so I closed my practice to take care of him. And when he passed in 2015, I had to find something to do and some, some way to take care of um, myself and my child. And, and I think the biggest difference from the first start to this start three years ago now is that I had the time and the money to really think about how I wanted to market my firm, the values I wanted my firm to have, to get um, a website and hire a marketing director, which I had never had before. And I just really think that that's allowed us to focus on being lawyers and having someone else sort of help run the practice and do the marketing has made the biggest difference for me. So really interesting contrast. So it's almost like you've had two careers in law. And if I'm doing my math right, like, you know, if we're going back 20 years, it was like that first go, um, you know, never quite reaching the $250,000 mark in in a 14 year span. And then doing this, this, all this stuff really kind of compressed into this, this three year this three-year period, which is fantastic. But, you know, basically, obviously, you had that, that um, external event, which is really unfortunate to hear that kind of, I'm sure, kind of jogged your mindset a little bit. But, right. I mean, the thing is that there's a lot of people that, that try marketing or are aware of the power of marketing, but don't end up really succeeding it. So I want to see if there's any way, like, that, do you know, like, what, what kind of change as far as your mentality with implementation, as far as, you know, after prioritizing the marketing, how have you really changed uh, how you think about things versus when, you know, the first time around running practice. I think that I did. I was truly a solo. I mean, I answered the phone. I wrote the letter. I put the stamp on it. I took it to the post office. And I don't say this in an, any way other than I really didn't have to do it. I didn't have to make any more money. I was, I had a husband and he was a family lawyer. And so I sort of dabbled in it. So I didn't really have to do it. And this go around, I had to do it. And I had, I realized that life is short and divorce is like death and you know you can't say where you are and you can't go backwards you've got to go forward so even our name was a conscious decision about going in a new direction 
And so I felt personally vested. It's me that's built this firm from one person to 13 in three years. And so I have a personal stake in it, and it's my reputation on the line, as well as this fabulous staff that I have. Everybody here buys into our philosophy and to our value system and to our culture, and I think that makes all sense. All right, so that's actually you know, a great segue. So let's dig into that a little bit. So we've got the new firm, and I didn't actually realize that the rebrand happened when you rebooted the practice, but we've got a, a literal new direction as far as where you wanted to take the practice. So can Correct. you tell us how we kind of arrived at that model? I think, you know, at a high level, you saw how it was going, but like, you know, what's sort of this new model that you've been looking at for family law? Because I do see this kind of as a topic, you know, you see a marriage story winning or all right. kinds of Oscars and stuff like that. I feel like right. it's a topic that's really in the cultural zeitgeist right now, but how do you kind of consider these things and, and what's the difference been since you've, you've done that? I think, well, I have a master's in social work, so I'm in the former life. I've had a lot of lives. Um, I was a, a child therapist, and so I know a little bit about family dynamics. A lot of attorneys don't, so I do have that insight, and I see how it all works, and I know how it affects everyone. Um, and so it's not just, we don't just provide you with legal services. We really wrap our arms around you. Part of what Jen Bordeaux has done, our marketing director, is she's our community touch point. And so if you need it, we have everybody that's, we, you have a therapist, you have a financial advisor, you have a real estate agent, so that you really have all of these people in your corner um, that help you because if you don't get those issues taken care of, I can't help you as an attorney to move your case forward. So it's not just about the law, it's, it sounds cliche, but it really is a whole, a whole person philosophy that when you walk in this firm, we're going to take care of you in a bigger and a wider way to help you get through this. Yeah, that's really interesting too, because like you said, it is, it is kind of a, a, a often thrown around kind of cliche is like, hey, it's really more than that. But, you know, it seems like you guys have really put your money where your mouth is as far as, you know, taking that from something that's being said to something that's actually differentiating in terms of the service that you guys are offering, which is super cool. Okay, so basically we've got this new model that's kind of been set out. So if we want to take this back to three years from now, so we've hired the marketing director, You've got this new sort of lease and, and on getting these, these kind of things done. Where do you start with? So, I mean, basically, I think this is an issue that a lot of solos face. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, I know there's a lot of things that we can do with marketing. But if I fast forward 10 years and see all the stuff that I could possibly be doing, how do you pick where to start? And what did you guys end up going with? And then what did that sort of evolution look like over time? When I started, I was just, literally was, again, just me. And I had someone who I'd worked with before was helping me do the branding and doing the name. And once we got that done and did some focus groups, I then was fortunate enough to find a really, really, really fabulous company who spent three months developing my website. And they sat down with me and they talked to me about what my values were and what I wanted and what the culture was. And so they listened to me. So what you see on a website, it just got redone. But what the first one showed you was exactly what I wanted it to say. And I think that, I think it just resonated with people. And so I got, you know, it was me and a laptop and a shared office and I got a client, then I got another client, then I got another client, then I hired a paralegal and it just sort of snowballed from there because we put our money where our mouth is. It's when we tell you we're going to do something, we do it. And so now our, we do focus on, we do spend some money, not a lot of money on Google ads, but we spend it on our intake. We send our people to training. We have a dedicated intake specialist. We keep up with our numbers. We know who calls, where they call from, how much we're going to get from them. We can tell you through the day. 
how that's working. So it's just all those pieces that have to work together, but it didn't happen overnight. It took time to get it to start rolling, but it did. Yeah, gotcha. So basically it was like the ability to sort of reinvest as well as focus on the areas that kind of mattered. And it's funny that you bring that up because this is another thing that I've heard specifically in the legal market ever since, uh, you know, Clio's 2019 legal trends report dropped about the terrible state of affairs with uh, law firm intake as a whole. Right. Um, could we go into a little bit more depth in the kind of stuff that you're having your intake staff focus on and maybe what kind of training that you're getting these guys involved in? We do have a firm that helps us specifically only with intake and they train them. We have a script about how to answer. They know how to, they're trained and how to get them to set the appointment. They're trained how to, you know, flush them out that I'd rather not, I'd rather have 10 ICs during a week than 20 when 10 of them aren't any good. Get me the ones that are good. Then I know how to do that. We have a system texting and emailing about following up. If you call our office, you get called back and we're closed. You get an email back that says we're closed, but we have somebody that's going to call them at 830 because if we don't get to them, they're going to go down the list and get the next person on the, on the Google chat. So we do training. We send them off for training. They have numbers they look at that they have to reach each month and they have a bonus system to do it. So that's part of it. And then the other follow-up is doing the text and emailing to remind and sending out the forms ahead of time and telling them what they need to bring with us, you know, and answering questions before they get here. So when they get here, they're already in the mindset that they know us and they want to hire us. So it takes sort of takes half the battle away that they're already conditioned to want to come in and, and want us to help. Yeah, that's how super, like, it's, <laughs> it's kind of funny. This is one of the things I always used to say is like, basically, the, the big difference in a lot of companies that grow really fast compared to law firms that oftentimes don't is treating intake as really a really high, high right. return individual. And it seems like you've actually set this up in the same way that Silicon Valley startup would be treating their sales team. Like we're talking, you know, I'm hearing quotas, I'm hearing commissions, like this right. is all fantastic stuff. I mean, and that's the thing too, if you guys want to like anyone listening, take a look at the numbers, you know, if, you know, we always, we try to hammer on the importance of focusing on stuff like intake, but you know, this is the kind of results that you get when you do. So <laughs> this is pretty well, if you're not getting in the door, you're not going to sign them up as a client. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, yeah. And it doesn't matter how, how nice the site is or, you know, it's, it's not going to do the sales for you. You know, it's, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, we might come to a point where it gets there, but you know, for the time being, just picking up the phone and being good at that is, is really kind of the best well, game in town. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we do that's really important to me when I opened this firm was to give back to the community. And so we're heavily involved in nonprofits throughout. We have like three counties sort of that touch each other that we work with. And every one of my staff has to either be working on getting on a board of directors or being on a committee. And we do fundraisers and we have them on our Facebook lives and we have a YouTube channel and we you know, have a Facebook page and we do fundraisers. And I think that, that that means a lot to people too. When they look at our website, they see how involved we are in the community and you don't see very many law firms doing that. Yeah, that's really interesting. And if I can kind of dig into some of the things you mentioned. So, you know, I think it's awesome from just the perspective of doing the right thing to have to get involved in this. But it seems like you mentioned a couple things quickly, like the, yeah, the Facebook lives and stuff. So I think it's also, you know, the branding is, is a really great thing as well, but it seems like you're doing some promotion for this as well. So like, how's kind of the marketing end up integrating with something like this? We call it family law and court. So we have like a huge referral network, you know, professionals. So we bring them in and we do a Facebook live with them. Like we just did one on prenups, I think last Wednesday. And so not only 
So we promote them and then we put them out on our YouTube channel. We send them the link, they put it out on theirs. And so it's like, again, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. So we become the experts in the community. And then we're always, if we're out doing something, we're always, we've got every social media network that there is. We're Instagram. I don't because I'm old, but they, they Instagram, they Facebook, they do all of that. So we're out there and we're making impressions and people see us not just as attorneys, but as people. And so I think, again, that gets them sort of ready when they walk in the door, they feel like they know us and that, you know, we're a, a friend that can help them. All of that put together, not only benefits our referral partners, but it also benefits us too. So we always have to try to make it go both ways. Yeah, I'm starting to see the flywheel come together. Cause I mean, none of these things would really be possible without the other. Like, you know, obviously if you guys didn't have as awesome of a, a message and as differentiated as a service, it would be less exciting to talk about. It's possible you wouldn't have the success that you have, but you know, the fact that you have the brand in the places, the team to execute this promotion and the actual right. things that you're doing all kind of makes sense. Exactly. So, fantastic stuff. I'm kind of getting the impression that it's, you know, it's obviously happened in a really, really short timeline. Do you guys ever miss, <laughs> you know, it's like, it seems like, it seems like, you know, you've made a lot of extremely smart hiring decisions. How have you kind of had so much, there's probably, it's probably more process than luck, but how are you getting involved with such great situations, whether it's the partners that you're working with, the staff that you're hiring or, or that kind of thing? It's just, again, sometimes I think it's just dumb luck. My partner, Sarah Hank, and I used to work together at my former firm. Jim Bordeaux and I used to work together at my former firm. One of my paralegals and I used to work together at my former firm. So I think that people who, I think people gravitate together that have the same ethical values and need to help folks. And so that just as four starting out, we already knew each other and we had that culture. And so when we hired, everybody taught, you don't just talk to me, you talk to everybody in the firm. And then we have a meeting about it. You know, Sarah and I, at the end of the day, get to make the decision. But if we hired somebody that didn't fit in with, if I hired an admin who didn't work well with the paralegal, that's just not going to work. So although there is, the buck does stop here, we all have a say-so. And we all bought into, this is the way we work and this is what we value. And that's not for you, then we certainly understand that. But everybody that we've hired, except for our legal assistants, everybody that we've hired, they are still here. And so I think that says a great deal about the firm, the culture, and how we treat our folks. Yeah, no, that, that's super impressive. And then the other thing I wanted to kind of dig into is, is sort of, uh, you know, in addition to making a lot of the right choices, it seems like, you know, you guys have a pretty ruthless focus on where to prioritize. What's kind of the, you know, I know it's kind of tough to, to think about how you think, but like what's sort of the, the process that you go to, to figure out where the highest points of leverage are in, in maximizing the business? Honest to gosh, it's the intake. We update our business plan every year. We update our budget every year. We have our projections every year. And I know, we know how many clients we have to get in the door, how many we have to set an IC with, how many we have to close. We have a, our associates, everybody can quote a number on a case, but we have a range that you have to quote in. Um, and, and if you go in there confident and they know that we can do the job for you, then they're going to pay what we're worth. And so focusing on the numbers and how many, much money I have to get in here every month, which is, a, you know, it's kind of overwhelming sometimes, but we're just, I think we just do good work and people know that. And so they keep coming back and they keep referring. Now we're getting to the point where we're getting a lot of referrals 
we're not having to depend on, you know, the Google and the advertising so much. And I think that just comes with time. So I just see it only getting bigger and better, quite frankly. Sorry. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. And then it's, it's kind of interesting too, because that's one of those things I feel like people kind of misinterpret sometimes because I'm sure you're doing good work the first go around until 2014. And I think good work alone is honestly like, you know, it's, a, it's obviously the basis of every practice, but good work plus good, good marketing. That's when you really start to see the, you know, the kind of that's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. That's exactly right. And unfortunately it takes, you know, you've got to have some upfront. I really do believe you need, you have to have some upfront money and invest in your startup before you start up because that's, you know, you get one, to, to make a you got to take some time and money and work with the right people to make that happen right out the gate I think. and I bet there's there's going to be people listening to this podcast who are in a similar situation you know that you probably found yourself in 2014 if anyone's listening to this right now and they've kind of been stuck in a loop for you know five or ten years and you know, actually recorded a podcast about this the other week about kind of a solo practice groundhogs day right if somebody really wanted to make a go of it what would you say in terms of resources, in terms of timeline, in terms of people that, that people would need to really just kind of make the kind of dent and make a splash the same way that you did? Like, what would you, you know, we can go into as much or as little detail as you want, but what do you think would, would really be enough for people to take that next step? I think you have to just acknowledge that you can't do it all. There aren't enough hours in the day. And, and I'm not an ex, and that's not my forte. That's not my wheelhouse. So I hired people who are very good at what they do, whether they're outside consultants or staff, just start. You don't have to have 13 people. I mean, we had four people for almost two years, you know, and just got so busy, we had to start hiring more people. But you need to have, I think you need to have an intake, someone dedicated to intake. You need someone dedicated to marketing. And then, you know, you need a good paralegal. And that's the startup for your company. It took me four months to get it all together, to get it from my idea to getting the webpage and getting one staff person and a hundred and some plus thousand dollars. But it, you got to spend money to make money. And that's, a, that's, that's just the way it works. And uh, okay. So that's super good advice. Uh, as far as like the kind of things that you're consuming, like, you know, it's, you, you kind of see like some really, really good thinking happening around this. How do you really books or training or thought leaders, you know, who do you respect in the field that, that you know, you, you might be able to recommend to anyone who's looking to have the same kind of results as you? I think it's just, and the other, one thing we didn't touch on is you really have to have, this is a business and you gotta, you know, you need to, that's what I spend a lot of my time on is learning about how to run a business. Cause they don't teach you that in law school. We all know that. Um, but, you know, Arjun, I was in his program for a, a, back in the day, like in 13, 14. I learned a lot about how to run a business from that program, I will say. Um, and taking that philosophy and those seven, I think it's the seven portions of a business and focusing on those. And then we use, I don't know if you, you know, we use um, the Rainmaker Institute that does our intake. We have a firm that does all of our Google and all of our online and all of our SEO. That's all contracted out. And Jen just sort of oversees all that. Um, and then we have a, a CPA and a financial advisor and that sort of thing. So we have a professional that's helped Sarah and I in each of the parts of our business so that we can have good advice and we follow their advice. And it seems to have worked so far. 
So we're getting the right people in the, in every position. And, you know, it's, it, exactly. I guess that, you know, that helps. I mean, if you, if you kind of think about it too, that's a lot of people say it's like, you know, you, you could, one of the shortest ways to take a learning curve and cut it down is just to go straight to the people who've already, already gone off it. Right. That's, that's exactly right. Why well, the way to let them, you know, let them help us help ourselves because it's not what we, that's not what we do best. And so we yeah. hire people who, who do do it best. Yeah. All right. So what's next for the firm? I do want to sort of branch out into the collaborative law piece of that. I mean, what I envision is that, I don't know when it'll be, but hopefully soon, we'll have a therapist who is in our office at least two or three times a week. I'll have the people that they need here in my office. They may not be here every five days a week, but they can be here so that if you have a question or you need a therapist or we need to work on your financial affidavit. Well, let me just walk you down the hall. Here's, our, here's the guy that can help you do that. So it's a one-stop shop. So everything could get done sort of here. And then education, we believe education is power. So we're, we're excited to start. We're going to start our own podcast, um, rolling around the idea of calling it the exit strategy. We're not quite sure. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> now we keep doing our, our YouTubes and our Facebook lives and going out and making presentations and, being the expert that people can turn to. And I think that's can only help us grow our business and change how people think about when I tell people what I do, they go, Oh, that must be so horrible. How do you do it? You know, and I just want to change that. It's very uplifting and very fulfilling to watch people move from the worst place in their life to the best place in their life and help them get there. Yeah. And that's, that's a really powerful message. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it seems that like the, you know, the, the priorities are again, are again in, in what you're choosing to do with your time, which is continuing to make the service that you offer just better and better and reinvesting into the innovation and getting it out to more people. So right, right. You know, I'm sure, you know, <laughs> nothing can be more, uh, nothing but more success on the road for you. Um, <laughs> now, as, as far as the, uh, you know, if, if anyone's looking to get in touch, what's the best way to find you? Please go visit our website. There's a lot of good information on there. It's just, www.newdirectionfamilylaw. Um, you can do it. Just search us. Our YouTube will pop up. Our Facebook will be there. You're welcome. I'm happy to talk to folks. They're welcome to call the office and our numbers on the webpage. Because I just want to see, I want to see this philosophy grow. I think it's not, we just need to change how we treat families that are going through a crisis and do it in a, in a, in a caring and a kind and a thoughtful way. So, I mean, that's, yeah, really great stuff, Elizabeth. And uh, thank you so much for, for the time. And then, you know, if anyone is one of those family law practices that's thinking, you know, hearing this and think that's a really good idea, you know, do reach out. We'll make sure to have some information for that in the show notes. And um, thanks again. And, uh, you know, this is a super awesome podcast. And uh, for everyone else, I'll see you guys next week in the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.